Conquer Life's Mountains with Mitsubishi. Powering Ian Collins once a word. Poor old pigeon. Ian Collins wants a word. And it has indeed been a grim week for us as a parliamentary media committee decreed we were in fact unfit people to run a podcast. They cited a lack of direction and a breathtaking oblivion as to what's actually happening in our own backyard as major factors. No argument from me there. We could have told you that, you fools! And with that in mind, look into my eyes, kids, and think of these words. Witty, intelligent and entertaining. Now discard the f***ing lot and enjoy this dicey offering of pod-based dodge pottery, where we will, however, lob out a nice amount of this. Them micro-pigs, then, what's that all about? Without a scintilla of doubt, there will be some of this. I'm getting to the stage in my career where I've never done a DVD. kind of think that's nice to record that for posterity. Ah, uh, you see, that's Justin Morehouse. He's on with us later on. And we'd be up before a High Court judge quicker than you could say Janet Gershlich's knickers if we didn't bring you some of this. Cooks and celebrities and their nicknames for their own bits. <laughs> and looking forward to that big time. This, everybody, is Sideshow Kev. You might think of him as an idle bastard with all the comedic charm of Freddie Parrotface Davis, but he is, in fact, staggering as it sounds, our executive producer. Now, that is actually funny. Oh, the way you introduce me every week, it just gives <laughs> me Aww, a... what's oh. that? What are you, Bert Quok? <laughs> I wish! The way you introduce me every week, it just gives me a warm glow in my heart. Try and do No, my wait, best. that's not it. I mean, fuck <laughs> off! Questions and feedback via social media from Josh in Manchester. Hey, Ian, what do you think of the new mayor of London? I think he's a... Quack, quack, oops. I think we've set the tone for the episode already, haven't we? From uh, Jim. Ian, have you ever punched anyone in the face? I'd love to punch Kev. <laughs> hey! <laughs> no. No, 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 I've been punched in the face. I'm not surprised. I've been punched in the face by a bouncer. It was in a well-known nightclub. That's a long old story, but essentially, somebody had given me a drink, had a drink, somebody told me a joke. I was swallowing the, the tasty beverage. Right. I sort of spat slightly some of the drink, and some of the little blobules of water went onto the dorm, this bouncer's sleeve. Right. And it was tiny little, like a sort of fountain effect. And uh, he punched me in the face in the nightclub. <coughs> and the police were called and stuff. And I didn't pursue it in the end, but good enough. My thirtieth birthday. Was it? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. No, oh. not today. <laughs> oh well, clearly. From uh, Billy the Kid in Rome. I'm oh, trying to spread. Billy, sorry, Billy the Kid. Yeah, Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid in okay. Rome. I'm trying to spread the word about your podcast in Italy. Any advice on marketing? Um, how do you? I don't know. Granny porn. We need a pizza. We need an Ian Collins wants the word pizza. Yeah. Wouldn't have bloody pineapple on it, I'll guarantee you Definitely that. Definitely not. From Nitro Girl. Ian, don't you think society would be much better off if everyone wore a hat? <laughs> I love a nice trilby on a bloke. I agree with that. I, th- I think hats are wonderful things. Yeah, you could do a hat. I can't do a hat. Really? You know, you could do a hat. I can't do a hat. A bowler hat. No, yeah, right. You need a bowler. A bowler would suit you down to the ground with your little sort of dapper retro image that you've got going on. Hang on, there's a bowler hat. What's the connection with Peru and bowler hats? I don't know. What's the connection? No, it's not. Peru- there's no, I don't know that there is a connection. Is this something to do with Paddington Bear? Paddington Bear had an ant Lima. He wears a hat. No, he comes from Lima. His aunt is aunt something. Bit of a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. Your aunt Lima from Lima. Well, it's like my auntie Barbara. She's from well, your Barbara. Uncle, your Ballyhoo. uncle Buenos Aires. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> aunt Lima? I don't know. Do I look aunt like... Aunt Lucy. Do I look like a Paddington expert? Well, you could be. You're a Banana Man expert. Uh, well, look, Banana Man's a different... 
different category. Was Richard Bryars the voice for... No, it was Michael Horden. Michael Horden, yeah. It was that old man. Probably not around anymore. He's best known for, well, being the voice of Paddington. Paddington Bear, yeah. Really? <sighs> From Denise in Swansea. Yes. Are you going to be doing any conspiracy stuff on the podcast again? I love the UFO nut. We've had quite a few of those. We have. Yeah, we are. We've got, uh, over the next couple of weeks, next week, we've got Alex Jones. Oh, Alex Jones. Who's the big sort of Texas motor mouth. He's probably the biggest conspiracy theory broadcaster in the world. Everything is a conspiracy. The whole thing's run by secret societies, cartels of banks, and all manner of shady goings-on down on Wall Street, the London Stock Exchange. The royal family are part of a big conspiracy. They're all mates with Bilderbergers, and it's just bonkers. It's all fat cats. But it's really, really entertaining to listen to. Because he's a very he's very fluid, very erudite character. So you sort of listen to him and think, well, that, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I choose to subscribe to his beliefs. But actually, it's probably just bollocks. <laughs> However, he's really entertaining. He's on next week. And then a couple of weeks after no, that... No, you can't... No, stop. stop. You, can't, you can't top that. You can't top it. He's, can, he's can, about the best. It. Oh, no, I can top it. No, you it. can't. I'm gonna, no, there's can only one it. name who could top that, and there's yeah. no way we could get him. Move on. David Icke. You are a joke. David Icke is on. Talking about snooker. Next question. <laughs> From Felipe. All Italians are. I, it's very strange. Felipe. Uh, really enjoyed Andy Zaltzman. Now that you've run out of Zaltzman, Z, or Zaltzman, I suppose, to interview, can you get Shaken Stevens on? We've had two requests for Shaken Stevens. request for Shaken What Stevens. is this about? Would we, would we have Shaken Stevens on? I suppose we could do. Didn't he change his name? Wasn't his name, like, his legal, obviously his real name's not Shaken Stevens. Yeah, it just goes by the name of Stevens No, now. but I read, I remember reading in Lookin'. As a kid, do you remember Lookin magazine? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, that he he changed his name because his his birth name was like Marion or something, because yeah, he's Welsh, uh, and he changed his name to Clark Kent. Stop it! No, because you would do, wouldn't you? John Wayne's real name Marion. I believe so. I think it is. It was Marion Stevens? Strangely, that's him there. <laughs> Nella in Dundee. Do you think you can get through a podcast without Kev shouting? What do you reckon, Kev? Well, let's give it a try tonight, shall we? Yeah. From Hapless Harry. Hapless Harry! Oh, no, oh, it's all gone terribly seconds, wrong. Brother. Sorry, Nella. Get back in your cage. Are you still doing the £50 prize on voicemail roulette? Or has it already gone to the guy who did the E.T. gag first? Well, good question. We should bring it back. Did it ever go away? Because no one's won it. Nobody's won the 50 quid, no. Because yeah. we haven't had... We don't believe we've had a call on it yet that's of such quality. You will listen later on to voicemail roulette. And there's not a call on there that you'd think, well, well that's clearly worth 50 pounds. I tell you what, maybe in a couple of months, mm. we'll have a go and we'll find... The, we'll get, like, the best ten and we'll play them and people can vote via We get Twitter. the best tweets... We get the best random acts of irrational annoyances. We get the best questions at the beginning. Yeah. All other podcasts look on and weep when they hear that section. And then we do voicemail roulette, which essentially is, it's kind of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest <laughs> on podcast. Finally, from Dave in Leicester. Yeah. Uh, Dave says, do you watch The Voice or BGT? That was a Roald Dahl book. Britain's Got Talent. I have seen... Have you watched The Voice? I saw a little bit of it. I've seen more of the American one than that. See, Tom Jones looks as if he's just been released from a long sentence for something, doesn't he? <laughs> Jesse J thinks she's in the ghetto, and Will I Am looks as if he'd rather be sticking forks in his eyes than sitting there. Yeah. yeah he caught him texting the I have read this, yeah. <laughs> he was texting during a show, and the Daily Mail got very outraged, saying it's a con because The Voice is pre-recorded result show. Well, they've done that with Strictly Come Dancing for ages. Who didn't he was texting? Show. Texting like his mum. I'm on British TV, LOL. I think he was texting Tom Jones. <laughs> but Tom something. doesn't know how to do text. And they got the other guy on there that no one's heard of. The guy from the sort of slightly more credible boy zone band. Okay. Dougie. Dougie. Dougie? Dear Dougie. 
did. Okay, there we go. Uh, you can send any questions you like to us. It's at Ian Collins UK on Twitter. And uh, we try and read out a cross section, of course. Uh, the other thing we really like, and don't forget, of course, Justin Morehouse is on with us a bit later on. We are looking forward to that. He's a top fella, Justin. He's on with us later. Meantime, let's get angry. Rawr! There it is. Here we go. These may well be microscopic in their significance, but these are those small moments in life that give you the brain ache, those tiny acts of human behaviour, culture or events that send you into a zone of sheer frustration. Folk will tell you to jog on and get over it. It's irrational. You know that already. It doesn't stop those moments from buggering up what was previously a very good day. Kev. I have two. You must have loads. Actually, I've got two. Go on. Firstly, bags of apple. Pre-cut bags of apple. Yeah. It's twice the price, yep. it's less fresh, and it's in a non-biodegradable bag. You know what I mean? It's like an apple which is cut up, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. charge you like £1.20 <clears throat> for it. Yep. What's wrong with an apple? It's portable enough, isn't it? <laughs> you need it cut up. Maybe for people who have difficulty uh, handling, like if you've got some uh, hand impediment. I don't know. Abu that. Hamza. Well, I actually, he was. <laughs> he could hold several, couldn't he? <laughs> But, um, you know what I mean? It just seems a bit lazy, really. They probably buy bags what of grated cheese as well. <coughs> oh, bags of grated cheese are the best in no, the world. No, Come on, just cheese and a cheese grater. You ever grater. tried cle- cleaning a cheese grater? Yeah. It's a shocker. Nobody wants to clean it. It's like trying to clean a George Foreman grill. You ever tried that? I thought you were going to say a George Formby grill. That would be something. <laughs> when I'm frying burgers. The, the other one is, um, if you're on a plane, yep. and the person behind you gets up, and they pull on the back of your seat to sort of lift themselves out of their seat, they, they don't take into consideration... You might be sitting in the seat and don't really want to lurch back and forth uh, just because their arse is too big to actually get out of the seat unsupported. Yes, you're right. People like to do that. It's as if there's nobody sitting in the seat. I'll just use your chair, yeah. the thing you're sitting in, as a device to pull up my lardy arse. That's exactly it. And it That's just staggering. It's, it's rude, though. And especially they go out and then they come back mm. and they do it again. Ugh, people. Here's a couple. Uh, Talisa has just been voted the sexiest girl. How did this happen? How, now, please, pray tell. You know, she might be a lot of things. I don't think you'd look at her as the sexiest girl. That's probably just on the back of that video she released. It must be, mustn't it? The noshing ears. Yeah. <laughs> it can only be on the back of that. If you put an obvious sort of, you know, stylish, stroke sexy actress, performer of some sort, yeah. you could get it. I could even get Jessie J in that list. Really? To Lisa. The other one are people who leave you very mumble, very fast-spoken answer messages. Sometimes, this happens in two categories, some people don't even say who it is that's calling. They yeah. just go, can you give us a ring? And then other people, they do that thing of saying, uh, yeah, hello, mate, it's, uh, it's Gary. If you could give us a call, please, uh, 0208 Bye. So, sorry, could you repeat that, please? Yeah. Rule of thumb, if you ever leave a number on an answer phone, on a voicemail, you repeat the number twice. Yes. So that after the first one, you go, oh, it's a number, i better go and get a sensible pencil. Always have a pencil by your phone. That's good advice. Your parents would always have the pad. Sometimes it would have like a dial on it with people's names and it would open up and have a pen and you could, you know, have your auntie's number in there and you could phone her up and put the phone down as she's answering. Amazing. So you call the police. All of that, yeah. 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 And the other one are people that write to me on Twitter and say, Ian, what's this new podcast then? (laughs) Have a look at the the entire profile page. Yep. The entire Twitter picture. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is, uh, where can I get it from? By the way, have you left Talk Sport? Getting that all the time. Kev the Cardiff Cabbie says, There's only you on the road. People who use the wait button at a pedestrian crossing at stupid o'clock and leave you waiting at the lights. Yeah. So I suppose you're the only driver. Somebody doesn't need to press that. Just yeah, no, need to wait quite, you past. It's quite fun, though, isn't it? 
It is quite fun, actually. This comes from Adam, who says, TV reconstructions where the actor looks nothing like the real person. <laughs> it's just very lazy. They can't even get their hair colour right. Well, it depends who it is, doesn't it? Because sometimes when they reconstruct something that's a bit grisly, I think they deliberately don't fully want the person to look exactly, don't they? Wasn't there a case a few years ago where Prime Watch filmed a reconstruction and yes. a member of the public saw the reconstruction and phoned in saying, yeah, I saw that woman two weeks ago on the Heath or whatever it was, and they'd actually just seen the reconstruction being filmed. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. And I think once in a while, actors are dobbed in it. Uh, who are in the reconstructions. Yeah, yeah. They, they get a bit of that as well. Yule Grinner says, Beards and all who wear them. Fair enough. I completely agree. Uh, the other one, he does say, people making more than one withdrawal at a cash point. I've been behind people, it's like standing behind Bob Diamond. Yeah. What's going on there? You've got 17 trans out, you're paying a bill there, you're putting some money in, take one from that account, go one from the instant saver, I'll take 20 quid out of that one as well. Oh, p- off. There's a queue! There should be etiquette, and the etiquette is you make one transaction, if you need to make any more, you go to the back of the queue. Because yeah. you do see people juggling like two or three cards to take out a tenner on each. That's very true. Sicknology says uh, driving in the car when all of a sudden you wake up having lost three hours of time because of a UFO experience. Oh. He says, My girlfriend doesn't believe me. Neither do we, no. you weirdo. Hamish says, uh, Why does that Mr. Kipling advert have the Premier Foods logo spoiling it? Next, you'll be telling me Mr. Kipling isn't real. Nigel Smith says, people using hashtag YOLO on Twitter. Pisses me right off, he says. What, what is that? YOLO? You don't know what YOLO is? No. You're on Twitter all the time. All the time. During the course of this podcast, you've tweeted like 15 times. 17. And you don't know what YOLO is? No idea. Oh, should I know what YOLO is? Of course you really? should. Of course. Uh, Soccer Sanchez says, people who take the lift one floor up or down when they're perfectly capable of walking, use the stairs, you lazy morons. Yeah. Here's one from Colin. How about printer ink cartridges showing empty after printing two A4 sheets? How many are they meant to take those things? I don't know, but they do seem to, and a particular brand of printer cartridges does tend to run out very, very quickly and costs you about 50 quid for a new one. Yeah, somebody really thought about that. Mm. There was a whole um, business question mark wasn't there about printers is the people that make the printers once they've made them how are they ever going to make their money again yeah and printers are actually quite cheap by comparison well because the cartridges are so bloody expensive completely dom t says i'm off work ill someone's knocked on the door but within 20 seconds they've gone next door i get out of bed to find the lecky salesman down the road i've seen people do that they don't hang about no here's another one people who do 25 miles an hour on a 50 mile an hour road for no apparent reason and you're in a rush that's a fair point as well. Mm-hmm. And Oliver says, random act of rational annoyance, that one person who seems to love to blow his cigarette in my face. Terrible. And Holly says, people who call their husbands hubby. No, yeah, I would agree with that. What do you call your husband? <laughs> Tosser. <laughs> uh, those, everybody, are random acts of rational annoyance and just keep those coming in. Never tire of reading those and we try and get as many as we can in each week. It's at Ian Collins UK. The Mitsubishi ASX comes with active stability and traction control, on-demand four-wheel drive, hill start assist, and Mitsubishi's legendary reliability. For more information, search for Mitsubishi Cars. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. Yeah, sorry about this, everybody. It is that feature again. It's Sideshow... Well, she just said it over you should be aware that the movie what? rights for this feature have now been optioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're who's, not going to be in it. You won't gonna, get a role. Who's playing you, David Cassidy? I'm hopeful. It's Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox, our weekly look at the box of showbiz. Whoa! We find Shout. under the beds. Last week, 
you're a news fan, you must have heard this story. Love it. Last week it was reported that Justin Bieber's fans have given his penis a nickname. That right? Yeah, they call it Jerry. Why would they do that? I don't know. Show us your Jerry. Is that what they shout when they... Well, uh, apparently it humanises it or something, I don't know. This week on the Showbiz Shoebox, cooks and celebrities and their nicknames for their own bits. <laughs> Love it. It's time to check into Celebrity Cook <laughs> Name Corner. Andre, give me some celebrity cook music, please. <laughs> Very simple, Ian Collins. You'll yeah. hear a celebrity name. Yeah. All you have to do is guess from the options available yeah. what they've nicknamed their old fella. Oh, good. Number one. Sometime X-Man and occasional musical theatre botherer Hugh Jackman. He has a penis, but what has he called it? Is it A, Wolverweenie, B, Old James Roger, or C, Huge Ackman's Jack-Off Jackhammer? We're going B. Old James Roger? Yeah. Let's find out. Ian Cohen scores one penis point. <laughs> Number two. Barbara Windsor about to walk in or something in this feature. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Number two. Proper rock star Anthony Kiedis oh, yeah. has a name for his red-hot chilli pecker. But what is it? Is it A, Antoine the Swan? Is it B, uh-huh. Carl the Walrus? Or is it C, the Rock Cock Earl? I'm going C. Oh, is the incorrect answer? The actual answer is A. Is it? Antoine the Swan. No, it's not. It is. Oh. Although, if he did call his <laughs> Carl the Walrus, that would be astounding. Be brilliant. Number three. Oh, this is a nice one. Partial Arthur Askey clone and layabout right-wing shock jock Ian Collins. What does he call his bit down under? Is it A, the Colonel's finest, <laughs> B, my nice bit of kit, or C, little chugger? Well, it's B. Nice bit of kit. If you say so, the actual answer I had is Little Chugger. Go for that, then. Number four in Celebrity <laughs> c- Main Corner. Former child star turned slightly older non-star Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah. What does he call his? Is it A, Homer Bone, B, Floyd, or C, Michaels? <laughs> I'm going for B. B, Floyd. Yep. Ian Collins scores another point. And finally, I have to say, you do know your penises. I do. Number five. Very knob-knowledgeable. Continual synapse nuisance. Vernon K has a penis, apparently. But what does he like to call his? Is it A, Big Daddy V? Is it B, the Testicular 3000? Or is it C, he doesn't have a name for it, he just is one? I think it's C. What are you saying? What are you saying about Vernon? See if I'm right or wrong. It turns out you're correct. Hey! Did all right there, didn't I? You did. Not bad at all. Next week. <laughs> Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. Okay, here it is, everybody. Voicemail roulette. Oh double seven eight nine eighteen thirty two sixty two. You just call that number. You leave a message. It could be a rant. It could be a comment. A point. An opinion. Anything you want, or just a question. Uh, Kev, you got the kid. Yippee kaye, mother. Uh, sideshow Kev. Hmm. Are you sure you're not the BBC's Daily Politics Adam Fleming? I have a sneaking suspicion you are. You sound exactly like him. Unbelievable. See you later. Great show. Uh, I've no idea who that's from. No. Or, or Adam Fleming. Who's Adam Fleming? I don't know. I know some of the Daily Poli- Politics people. I don't, I don't know Adam Fleming. You, no. you look like... Are you him? I don't think I am. Sure. Sideshow Adam really works. Flem the Wonder Sheep doesn't either. <laughs> Here's another one. 
Yeah, right, Ian, it's uh, Mick, Mick the Cappy here. Uh, they're uh, micro pigs, then. What's that all about? You might as well get a cat and call it a micro lion. See you later. Mick's got a really good point. Yeah. Micro pig. You wouldn't call a cat a micro lion. What have you got? I've got a lion. Several cheetahs. I want to be in his cab. I like it. I like his thinking, though. He's thought that through. A bit too much, really. Yeah. Here's another one. Hi, Collins. Uh, why haven't we got rid of this Qatar bloke out of the country yet? It's an absolute disgrace he's allowed to stay here. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. I think uh, Qatar is the correct pronunciation of what I'm trying to say. Uh, well, it's Human Rights Act, isn't it? It's, it's, it's everything up in this country, isn't it? It's human rights. they got more rights than anybody's got rights. And that ain't right. In anybody's book, that ain't right. So, Theresa May, I hope she's hung from the tits in Brussels. <laughs> so that's, yeah, there's your answer. Uh, here's another one. Hi, Ian, it's Paul again from Yorkshire. Random act of it, you know, annoyance and that. When I'm out shopping in the town centre, you know, you're walking around, I have a baby now, so I'm in a pram, and groups of people just randomly stop in the middle of the, of the, of the pavement. Or when you, you're in a, a supermarket and they just kind of stop in the aisle and talk. It's not like they're even looking for anything. They're just standing there and talking. What, what is all that about? Why do they do that? Why can't they just go somewhere else, like in the middle of a big lake, and stop and talk there? Thanks a lot. Really enjoying the podcast. Take care. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Calm down, fella. How would you chat in the middle of a lake? You need a boat. I think he was suggesting that he didn't really want them around to the extent where he wanted their condition to be somewhat... Submerged? Yes. OK. There's <laughs> another... Hi, Ian. Paul in Bristol here. Fancy some man action? Bye. Man action? Mm. Yeah, all right, fair enough. I think he's got it wrong. Action man was action the, the, man. the figure with the realistic gripping hands and swivelly eyes. Action man! Now with eagle eyes that actually move. On the lookout for action. He drops from the skies. And rises from the depths. <laughs> No, I think that's what he was getting at. Yeah. Uh, you can, of course, call us on voicemail roulette 07789 50 quid. The person we think is the best caller gets 50 quid. It's as simple as that. So make it good, make it concise, don't forget to say who you are, and away you go. Simple as that. Brilliant. Uh, that, everybody, was voicemail roulette. Again, 07789 Ian Collins wants a word. Yay! It's okay, I know what happens at the beginning of every show, I get this all the time. You're staring at me, you're looking at me, you're working out, you're going, he's from the north of England, yes! He's obsessed with celebrity, my boy. When Britney went crazy and cut her hair off, he's like, Dad, why should you done that? I'm out. Google it! Hang on, come back. <laughs> we don't want him finding out that's not the first time we've searched for Britney and shaved in our house. <laughs> I cleared the internet history, but damn that cash memory, eh? Don't worry, boy, I'm one of the nice fat people. Happy go lucky, passes a pie. <laughs> I'll be dead before I'm 50, I couldn't care less, let's have a laugh. What about diabetes? It'll make me exotic. <laughs> if I lose a leg, it's two stone in the blue badge, happy days. <laughs> Give all your love to the wonderful Mr Justin Morehouse! And here is the man himself, Mr Justin Morehouse. Come on! How are you, Justin? Hello, how are you? <laughs> hey, welcome along. Great to speak with you again. Thanks very much. Uh, nice, to, uh, nice to have you. And uh, can I just say, if I was going to choose a car right now, it may be a Mitsubishi. <laughs> yeah, well, I would 
there's, there's no other, is there? <laughs> Listen, here's, I'll get straight to this question. Lou on Twitter um, says, if you had to choose between live radio and live comedy, which one would you go for? Live comedy. I was going to say, because lots of people ask that same question. You do radio, and of course you do, you're a hugely busy comedian. Yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. That's what my default yeah. sort of setting is. And um, I stumbled onto the radio and, and, and did that for a while. I'm still doing it a bit now. Yeah. But, you know, if you took everything else away, like like my radio show has been recently, <laughs> then, you know, what feeds the kids and what sort yeah. of, like, keeps me going is stand-up. And, you know, if that's all I ever do, then, then I'm happy. Mm. I mean, and do you think stand-up on... Because we touched on this the other week, I think it was with Andy Zaltzman or Tim Key, one of the two, and we, we were talking about that business of what's best, a night in a good comedy club or an appearance on a good TV show, the, the Apollo shows, that kind of thing. What, for me? Yeah, I mean... What, what feels better? Yeah, what feels better when you're doing it? It's got to be the, the life stuff, isn't it? I mean, my, I'm sort of ten years in now to being a, a professional comedian, yeah. and I've got hours of material that I've done and stuff that I've done, thousands of gigs, you know, literally thousands of gigs. Yeah. And, and every one of them is different, every one of them is fun. But there's, there's a, there's, I'm getting to the stage in my career where I've never done a DVD, and I've done bits of stand-up on telly, not a lot of it. So there's a kind of thing that's nice to record that for posterity. Yeah, that's true. There's a mo- I would like to do that. You know, if you're in a band, you know, your aim is, you know, you do as many live gigs as you can. But the kind of getting it down and making a record or making a DVD mm. is something that I'd like to do. But in terms of, like, on the night, you know, you know I, don't, I, don't worry. I, I don't worry about doing gigs anymore. I get a little bit of nerves, a bit of pre-match tension like you should mm. get. But that, when I get on there, I enjoy it thoroughly. And if it goes wrong and I bring you back from the brink, then it's brilliant. If it flies, then that's a different feeling. When you record something for the TV, you're very conscious that, you know, you might do 15 minutes and they'll show 10 of it. And it's got to be great and it's got to be this and it's got to be that. And you think about it differently than you would do just doing a gig, really. I mean, it's... TV and, and that is very unforgiving, isn't it? Sure, yeah. And yeah. I know lots of comedians who've done what they thought was a nice set on TV, and obviously, as you say, t- two minutes have been taken out of a 15-minute piece. Well, I think, you, you know, you're very much... I mean, you, you know, he who, who, he who pays the piper calls the tune. Mm. Uh, it's generally the editor, you know, and, and you know, I, I always have this impression that editors are these respectable, bald men who sit in these darkened rooms who never go out... And just make sure it all looks okay. Yeah. And they haven't got some humour, but... I th- well, that, I think you're probably right about That's it. a bit of stand-up <laughs> comedian, isn't it? But, well, listen, I'll tell you what I think you could do. You could just release for DVD uh, all that... Cut everybody else out of that deal-or-no-deal deal appearance <laughs> and just have your bits in there. Well, if Channel 4 gave me the outtakes, then I would. <laughs> Were there uh, many of them? Oh, tons. I bet there must have been. I mean, putting all those comedians in one room. What idiot thought of that? Jimmy Carr. Um, <laughs> I think the problem was, uh, you've got to be very careful when you do these things. Mm. And I think deal or no, no deal, they're very... Uh, I, I would urge anybody listening to get a chance, not to apply for it, because it takes years to get on, but to go to the audience. There's a strange cultish thing that happens in that room. It's bizarre. In what way? In that, you know, he calls them pilgrims, the audience. There's a messiah thing going on. <laughs> there definitely is. And it is there's a... There's a mosaic. There's a lot of things going on. I mean, the, the, the symbol on the floor looks like a, you know, one of them chalk penises on a, on a <laughs> hillside. Hill. Yeah. <laughs> I thought got, that was Noel's penis. <laughs> a compensation. Well, I got that joke in. But, there was, um, but there's, there's, there's something very biblical about that programme and very kind of 
symbolic. You know, you've got your left and your right. You've got, yeah. you know, avarice and greed and temptation. All the sins are there. That's, you know. that's a really good point, because do you remember, because Noel was about the most credible person in the history of television, wasn't it, when he was doing all that other stuff as kids, when we watched all the Saturday morning stuff? Well, I remember listening to, to him when I was a kid yep. on the Radio 1 that's Breakfast right. show. That's right, yeah, yeah. a huge, big deal. Massive. You know, it was, he was probably the most famous man in Britain. And then Swap Shop, he yep. was huge, and he, and he looked he looked groovy. I mean, you look back now, and he had these sports cars and helicopters yep. and then... Saturday on. night TV shows, huge, weren't they? Uh, as big as it got, really. Yeah, but you look back now and you just go, he's a bit, he was a bit naff, wasn't he? But it didn't really matter then. But then he got into cosmic ordering. That's what happened, doesn't it? Well, I think he was... I, I don't know. I mean, I think... He reckons was, he ordered that TV show. But he, I wrote on a list With a things. chant. Yeah. <laughs> Very odd, but you can't... Um, cause I, so, so, so what happened was, we all got a box around the week. We got ping-pong balls. Yeah. So I ended up with box 22, which apparently is a death box. Everybody likes to talk about the, all these things. Is that right? Yeah, that's a death box. All right. But then Jimmy comes out, and he selects a box at random, and it was my box. And Jimmy says on the program, I'm his best mate in comedy sort of thing, you know. And, uh, and so Jimmy starts getting... <laughs> Jimmy, the, the most cynical man in the world, starts going, oh, this is really good. This is saying something, you know, and all this. So they have this little chat, and then Noel goes, oh, yeah, you can go back to your, your place, I'm just in. You look like you could do the, with the exercise. <laughs> so this is in front of a TV audience, millions watching at home, 22 of my peers, Jimmy stood there, and I'm just thinking, I'm not having that. Yeah. So I went, I'd leave it if I were you, know. I said, most people, when they retire from the BG, just keep quiet. <laughs> cut all out. Cut all out. They cut that? Of course they did. You know that Edmonds was in the edit suite. Yeah, I they cut. i tell you what else they cut as well. Any reference to the game being just random opening the boxes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they won't have any of that. They don't like that, do they? Because that's actually all it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's but when you're waiting in the... Because we went in the, in the waiting area where the players would go. Yeah. Because we were essentially with the players. At, and there's motivational speeches up everywhere, you know, saying stuff like, um, remember, this is not Big Brother. We do not want to make you look like a fool. This is your game. Enjoy it. And all that sort of yeah. thing. We will not show you in a bad light. But, I mean, I wouldn't watch it now. I mean, I just... I prefer the chase. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, there's, there's the chase, and then there's pointless. I, I, so, well, I, don't, I don't like pointless. Now, pointless, I could like took me six weeks to work out what none of my obvious answers that I had in my head were coming up, and then I realised you're looking for the least obvious answers. But I was the chase because of course Paul Sinhar, and you'll yeah. know Paul as well. Yeah, I've just come uh, back from Dubai with him. Yeah. Oh right, gotcha. Yeah, and Paul's one of the he's the, one of the, the chasers, chaser, isn't he? The cinnamon, yeah. Because he's got a massive brain. Yeah, he, well, he, he, I'll be honest with you, I spent eleven nights with him in Dubai. And after about seven nights, I had to say, can we stop talking about the chase? <laughs> Would you, well, what, it could have been seven nights with Bradley Walsh, couldn't it? I mean, that would, yeah, it might have been, he might have talked about other things than the chase. Yeah, probably Coronation Street, because you'd, Cor- ha- you'd have that in common, wouldn't you? We had a little bit on, yeah, yeah. less than him. Yeah. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> Are you, would you go back to that? Because that's, I mean, that's dream come true stuff, isn't it? Love to, yeah. Yeah. Love to. You know, I, you asked me before whether I, you know, do stand up or... On the radio. Yep. I mean, radio is a distant eighth in the choices of things. Sure. Uh, stand up and, and acting. I've been doing a bit of acting recently, and I'd love to go and do more of that. Kevin in Dunbarton says, "Morehouse, get your ass up to Edinburgh, please. We love you here." Oh, for the festival. Yeah, I'm not. Up, I'm not up there this year. You're not. No, no, no. I'm. Can be bothered or. Just... <laughs> it's not, actually, it's not that. I mean, I, I love it when I get there. I, I do love it, and I love the process of writing a new show and. You know, this time of year is quite exciting. You're starting putting it together and you're driving 
all over the country, and yep. it's the light, lighter nights. It's a pleasure to drive to these gigs and do stuff. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, you've got to you've got to say, what's the point? Because I'm 42 next in a couple of weeks, and you know, I'm a fat northern comedian. <laughs> you know, I, I know I'm good. I know how good I am. I yep. don't think that I'm going to be discovered there. Yeah, you've already been discovered, haven't you? I know, I don't, yeah, yeah, but, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get super famous by going to Edinburgh. You know, I think if I'm going to get, you know, famous and, and do better for myself, it'll be... Through something else. Something else, yeah. something that I create myself, I would imagine. OK, well, Devin Wolverhampton says, what's the difference between northern audiences and southern audiences? Do southerners lack a sense of humour? Well, I've seen you gig in the south, and I think I've seen you in the north as well, but definitely in the south. And you always pull the roof off the place. For, for me, the difference is a hotel room. <laughs> That's the only difference. I, 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 I don't find it. I don't find... No, I, for audiences are audiences. There's certain traits, like, you, you know, the big merchant cities and industrial cities in yep. the north. You know, places like uh, Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham, Newcastle, Glasgow, those places, you know, they, they have a certain feel to them. London and Edinburgh are quite similar mm-hmm. audiences. But the thing is, in London, is if I do the Comedy Store, which is the best gig in the country, you've seen me there, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We've been there, haven't we? And, you know, I, I used to do an opening line where I'd go, anybody from the north of England? And half the room would cheer. I know, isn't that funny about... Because, yeah, people in London yeah. are not all, you know, they're not well, all Most people in London aren't from London, it seems. Yeah, <laughs> there's a difference in Londoners <laughs> yeah. and, and people from London, isn't it? Exactly. Well, Tess in Bournemouth says, are comedy clubs good barometers of the recession? Every time I go to one, it's packed. Well, it's a cheap night out, isn't it? Yeah. It is a, it is a relatively cheap night out. But it's also your sense of doing something. I mean, I get a bit frustrated when I see uh, people moan about audiences. And sometimes they do, all the comedians and everything. You've got to remember that... If, if mum and dad have got a couple of kids and they go to a comedy show and they pay 20 quid each for tickets, 20 quid on a cab, they've had a bite to eat, they pay for a babysitter, a few drinks, mm. it's thick end of 150 quid for a night out. And that's not Easy. a cheap night out. Easy, yeah. When you can watch Mock the Week and, and buy 10 cans for a tenner. Yeah. So we should always be grateful for, comedian, for, for comedy audiences. Absolutely. But I think it's one of those, I think, we, I think comedy has benefited from people not overstretching themselves on mortgages, not going on that very expensive holiday. Watch your toes here. I'm about to drop a name so big, it'll make you feel sick. I was having, I was having a bite to eat with Jimmy Carr. Right, that's not the name. All right. And John Cleese walks in. Stop it! <laughs> John Cleese? Yeah, Cleese was in, was in San Carlo in Manchester. But if you're ever in Manchester, anybody listens to this, he's one of the finest restaurants yeah. I've ever been in my life. Brilliant. Have you ever been in? No, I've not. And I oh. was in Manchester the other week. Oh, and you didn't ring me? No. Stephen no. Nolan told me not to. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever in Manchester, San Carlos, it's a nice little Italian restaurant. It's, uh, there's a few of them actually now dotted about. But uh, so, so Jimmy goes, oh, I know John Cleese. Right? Because he's telling ways are all current to Jimmy Carr. He goes in there a lot and the same thing seemed like when, hey, you're not the most famous man now. <laughs> I'm doing that, obviously. Yeah. Right? A cod Italian accent there for you, Ian. There's got nothing wrong with that. I'm not. Ju- no one can judge me on that. No, that was all right for comedy purposes. <laughs> um, he said. He says. He says. You're the most famous man in this. Is Mr. Cleese is in. So Jimmy goes. Oh, I know John. I know John. I, I did. I did Montreal with him. So he goes over, and uh, this man's a legend, isn't he? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's probably. He's probably in the top ten most famous people in England. I I'd, I'd go for that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just look at him and I think, oh, I'm not a massive Monty Python fan. No, I'm not. Either. I'm not a huge Monty Python fan. Mm. But I, I love, I absolutely, uh, you know, love Faulty Towers. And I love his bits on a secret policeman's ball. Yep. 
I used to love his training videos he did. You know, yes. you know. I I, I love I love um, oh, Clockwise. Clockwise. Yeah, I, I think it's called Wanda. Hold yeah, on. he's great. So I go up. We go up, and, he, and uh, Jimmy goes, "Hi, John." And he says, "Oh, hi, Jimmy." And Jimmy goes, "This is my friend Justin." And uh, John Chris goes, "Oh, comedian." I thought, "Does he know me?" Or is he just taking the educated guess? But I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I said, "Yeah," and he goes. The first thing he says to Jimmy, he says, "How are you finding ticket sales?" <laughs> No. He says, yeah, Jimmy goes, oh, well, you know, it's, it's consistent. I mean, Jimmy's very consistent, isn't he? You know, he's, yeah. he's on the road all the time. Every he, night, yeah. Yeah. And uh, John goes, I'm finding it, in, you know, great in some places. He said, but he said, I'm going to places like Newcastle where there's a huge government workers, you know, a lot of civil service, yeah. and I'm struggling there. And I'm thinking, I am in San Carlo, <laughs> which is a lovely Italian restaurant. I've had a nice bit of pasta. I'm meeting, I'll say it, a hero. Yeah. And he's disappointed with his tails and ticket sales. Oh, no. You don't want to hear that, do you, really? No, I want him to... Uh, what I want Not from Cleese. What I want him to uh, tell me is, like, the time that he caught Prunella Scales, you know... Yeah. ...doing something wrong. Or, that's what you want to hear. Yeah, well, he got, didn't he, he got shafted, didn't he, by an ex-wife? Um, in well, terms that's why he called his tour, didn't he? That's he why he did the tour, tour. yes. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, but still, I mean, it, was, it was just... Actually, what was it refreshing is that, you know, he, he still got... He knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Justin, great to get you on. Have I got to go now? You've got to go now. That, you've asked me two questions. I know, but we, we just chatted, and that's what's nice, and then chewed the fat. And Sorry, mate. We I... even had a quiz for you. We haven't even got time for the quiz. We've got time. I've got time. Here we go, everybody. It's called the Justin Morehouse Catchphrase Challenge. Uh, these are all catchphrases associated in some shape or form with the world of comedy. Some could be from real people. Others from characters. There might even be some that are simply associating with a particular show. We give the catchphrase. All you have to do, Justin Morehouse, is tell us where it came from. Right. Okay. Number one. How very dare you? Uh, Fast show. No. No. Oh. Is it? Is it? Is it Peters? No. It's Catherine Tate. Of course it is. Ah. Oh. You're one down, Justin, already. Oh, Number two. This is quite a coincidence, actually. He's from Barcelona. Uh, yeah, photos. Absolutely, Basil Fawlty. Buffalo. Number three. I didn't get where I am today. Uh, Rise and Fall of Reginald Perry. CJ, of course. Yeah, what a great book uh, by David Nobbs called um, "I Didn't Get Where I Am Today." <laughs> well, I see what he did. His, uh, his autobiography, uh, absolutely brilliant. Another one, Jonathan Lynn, who wrote "Yes, Prime Minister." His is a great one as well. Yep. Here's another. It's the way I tell him. Frank Carson. Yeah. Oh, no. what a great, what, what a great loss he was, eh? I know, he was a lovely man, wasn't he, Carson? Yeah. Um, here we go. Sit on it. Uh, the font. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is it Eck? Is it Eck? Is it Eck? Is that Eli and Thingy? No, it's actually my dad. That's <laughs> the only one I could put in there. Never tired of saying that. <laughs> Give us your website, Justin, for those who want to go and have a look and uh, see stuff and where you're going to be. JustinMorehouse.com. Brilliant. Follow me on Twitter. You can be my friend on Facebook. If you're on MySpace, I'd give it up now. Yeah. Still nice on Friends Reunited, though. <laughs> Aren't, Still we on there. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? They email me every now and then, and I feel sorry for them. <laughs> like, oh, I'll keep being a member. Got an email dialogue with one bloke at head office. <laughs> Listen, thanks, Justin. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great. I'd need to see you soon. We'll speak to you very soon, and see you very yeah, soon. That, definitely. everybody, is Mr. Justin Morehouse. Justin Morehouse! Credit stream.
And would you believe it, that's the end of another shiny show. And if you like what you heard, get over to iTunes and pop us a nice five-star review. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Thanks to you for downloading. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be found on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is Andre Porch. Program edited by Manny Kendall. Our researcher was James Murdoch. Boris Johnson is still a bit of a tit. And the catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. The only thing we ask of you is to lob an email to all your best mates instructing them that not downloading this podcast is not actually an option. Failure to spread the word will result in physical violence. We're back next week and we'll be joined by the Texas Motormouth and the Archdeacon of all things conspiratorial. He is Mr. Alex Jones. Goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things! Conquer Life's Mountains with the Mitsubishi ASX. Powering Ian Collins once a word. Or to your brother's friend. Sit on it, Mel. When your mother's really angry, she can say it to your pop. Sit on it, Howard. You can stand up to the law and say it to a nasty cop. Sit on it, Kirk. Saying it in unison is always lots of fun. Sit on it, Marvin. A loving father sometimes even says it to his son. Richard. Yeah? Go to the field uh-huh. and sit on it. You'll feel good when you say it to a day who is a dope. Sit on it, Spike. Or indirectly say it to comedian Bob Hope. A Bob Hope can sit on it. It would always be appropriate to say to someone smelly. But never, never say it to Arthur Fonzo. Sit on it, Fonzie. Hey! Fonzie!